Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I am delighted right. to say I'm now joined all the way from America by Dennis Johnson. Dennis, are you well? I am doing well. How are you doing, Kev? I'm doing okay for an old man. Um, <laughs> you have recently released an album, uh, but you've been going for a couple of years now and gained a, a reputation as one of the best slide guitarists in the world. Um, I don't mean to embarrass you, but those are the facts. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I will say this, Kevin. I spend probably way too much time playing slide guitar. I love it, though, man. I mean, like, it's the one thing in life I just wanted to do, you know. I don't know why. I just love it. And I'm always interested in those guitar players who are pushing the envelope, you know, pushing it down the road. And that's what always attracted me. And that's what I try to do is what can we do different with a slide guitar? How can we push it down the road? Yeah. What was it that brought on this passion for slide guitar? Was it a particular track or an artist that you saw performing? Yeah, you know, it was probably the first time I heard Robert Johnson, which a lot of people obviously know Robert Johnson, but it was the vocal, obviously his vocals. It was uh, the way he played slide guitar, the articulations of it. You know, I always thought that slide guitar, when I first heard it, was so emulative of the human voice, you know, Um, how you can articulate it and, do those things. And so I, I think that's what, what, why I gravitated towards it, you know? And like I say, it's just something, um, I just have a, a passion for it. Yeah. Was that a eureka moment later on in life or were you listening to that from your very early days? Well, you know, Kev, growing up, I, I heard it around the house a lot, you know, cause my dad was a big blues guy. Right. So I, I heard all kinds of stuff, including no more James and, um, You know, and then when I became a teenager and started playing guitar, boom, that's what I wanted to do, man. You know, that was that's that's where it was at for me. When you started playing guitar, was it with the intention of being a slide guitar player or did you start out with guitar and slide came later? Well, I think that I wanted to be a slide guitarist, but when I started, it took a while. (laughs) It's a hard thing to do. So like. I wanted to, you know, that was the goal, but it was the first few years were some treasury um, because it it is a very, uh, it takes a little bit to get it down. But once you do, you know, you're cruising. But no, I always loved it. And I I did, to answer the question, set out to want to be a slide guitar player. Um, But it took me a while to get to where I wanted to be. (laughs) I guess that's it. I'm... No guitar player by any way, shape, or form, but I, I can play a basic riff on slide. But nice. to, to learn the technicalities of that, like I say, it takes dedication, doesn't it? You know, it does, and it's it takes. I think you know, for me, it's self discipline. You know, because it's. I was talking to uh, Chris Bell, who was an engineer on the record mixed record, and um, he was telling me he works with Kenny Wayne Shepard and other guitar players. And he goes, you know, you guys just spend so much time every day. It's like an athlete, you know, but it, I mean, it's one thing to get it, Kevin. Then like, you have to, you have to keep training. You have to keep your skills up. So it, it I think that's the kind of discipline where nobody's telling you to do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, but you know, that comes from passion. It's easy. It's fun. I love it, man. Well, you're quoted as saying that you wanted to find exciting new directions for this record. So is that different techniques or different tone settings or what was it you were looking for? 
Well, it's, it's kind of all of the above. I mean, so what set this all in motion is we did a show with Eric Gales right before the pandemic. And I was listening to Eric, and I, I really liked a lot of the grooves he was playing with, you know. And, and I, I, you know, I was thinking back as a teenager, I liked a lot of this blues rock stuff. You know what I mean? But I hadn't been doing that in the last previous records. It was much more rootsy, you know, which is I love root stuff, you know. So that was one thing is to go that direction. And then the other thing was, Kind of this, you talked about a eureka moment, which was, how do you get these grooves? Because that's, I love to play guitar, man, but it's the grooves, you know. Uh, if you don't have a great groove, it, it's not as inspiring to play over. It's not, it's just, you can't fix it if, if you're a guitar player, a vocalist, or a soloist. It, this, so the drums and the bass have to be great. So we were able to accomplish that on this record, but I built this record differently than I built other records because... This thing I built really looking at grooves and I spent months just watching bands that I thought were really great bands and not even focusing on the guitar players. And I just focus on the drums and the bass and say, what makes that groove? You know, it's a very thing. It's something people chase, you know, and, uh, and I really became enamored with groove, you know? And so I really paid a lot of attention to these grooves because it just look, I mean, it's, it's, you have a great drummer. We had Anton Fig who plays with, Joe Bonamassa was on the Letterman show for years and a great drummer, phenomenal drummer. He played on the record and, you know, I mean, that's just inspiring to play with drums like that. Easy, you know? So, um, I think that was another direction I went, which was to, to, to focus on the groove, build the groove. And then after that, it's easy, you know, it's easy to, to put your melody on top of that. It's easy to put your solos on top of that. But if that's not there, you might as well stay home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's important. Well, it's important. You talk about the groove, and you, you mentioned drums there, but you, your bass player, Jonathan, you've worked with him for many years. So is there an almost telepathic connection between you? Yeah. I mean, it, it, that, that, that does happen. That's exactly, you know, it's like he can kind of tell where I'm going because we've played together so long, and I can kind of tell where he's going, you know, and especially in terms of whether it's dynamics or just feel or anything like that, he just, you get to know somebody, you know, after a while and they say you can answer their or finish their sentences for them. Right. I mean, yeah. it's true in music, man. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Back in the day when I used to play, we had various lineup changes, but there was one particular lineup where everybody was just clicking and you didn't need to look at the other musicians. You just knew what was going to happen. It was just, it's magical when that happens, isn't it? It is Matt. You know, man, that's a good word because, I think like I'm a big believer in hard work for the guitar and all that stuff. But then there's some part of music, right, Kev, that is magical. Like you can't explain why it works like that. You know, it's trippy stuff, man. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Again, you're quoted as saying that you like to work on your weaknesses as a player and turn them into strengths. So yeah. when you're performing, if you try a lick and it doesn't work, do you curse yourself and then go home and practice and practice and practice that riff? <laughs> you, you know man i i think like as a musician you have to i mean you know musician is a lot of being a musician any artist you have to handle rejection you have to handle making mistakes it's part of evolution in life you know and i mean i think right now as i always tell people if i make a mistake i wrap my arms around it and say i want to know why i made the mistake and then i won't repeat it you know so um, once I know something, I kind of know it and I'll, I'll work on it and keep it, you know, so I can still play it and everything. But 
I'm more interested in the things I don't know and the things that, or mistakes I make. And, but I think like, you know, it's, it's kind of like with sports, right? If a play doesn't go your way, you have to be focused on the next play. And it, I've never heard of a perfect show played by a musician. I mean, it's, it may seem perfect, but they would tell you, oh, I could have done this, right? I could have done maybe little small things. And it's the same with an album. Yeah, so, if you record an album and then you listen back to it yeah. two or three months later, you think, oh, I could have done that little bit different. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's always, yeah, because, you know, it's funny Kev, because it's it's now you're the listener right you know i mean i think like uh as a producer i you know you wear those hats right like you're you, i'm playing guitar i'm putting the band together i'm leading the band but i'm also i also have to be kind of the the rep of the audience and i have to listen and i can't have bias towards a song because that's all may not you mean we may put all this work in the song it may not be good enough to release you know mm. um but yeah it is a listening and and it's hard to do that, you know? <laughs> well, I was going to say, that. how hard is it to step back from the producer and become a musician? Oh, man, it's, 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 it's a, I think it was harder years ago for me. It, it's easier now, but you're, oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's a really important skill, right? Because you, when I started out, I was a guitar player, right? So I, I just the guitar player, right? So I, we'd be in the studio, and I'd just be really listening to them. Did I hit my guitar parts right, right? And now when I go in there, I, I look at myself as like, it's not myself, you know, like I'm just listening to somebody else and it's like, oh, okay, well, is the groove good? Check, good on my checklist, right? Is, what do I think of the bass with it? And I, I saw that house, but people just dance to that alone, you know, or people bop along to that alone. And then does, does the melody lines, does the guitar play, does that stuff fit, you know? Um, so yeah, it is, it is hard to do that. And I think I'm getting a little better at it, but I, I definitely have my audience representative hat on when I'm listening at the, to, to final stuff. What I really, you know, if I didn't play this music, it's just some band I listened to, yeah. objectively. But the audience like this, yeah. I was talking to somebody who did a bit of producing years ago, and he said one trick, one trick you have to do as a producer, is. Sometimes the band will come in with an idea of how the song should go, and you think, no, that's not going to work. So you have to come up with a new idea, but make them think it's their idea. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? People skills, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it is, you know, I think like, especially when you're doing anything, especially nowadays, right, Kev, where you have all this social media and have all this, you know, a lot of people screaming on social media. This is a really something where people have to get along. You have to get along in a band and, and you have to, everybody on this project was great. You know, everybody got along well, everybody put the team first, you know, and it's hard to do that sometimes with musicians, you know, let's say, you know, I, I noticed that the really great, great ones can do that. They can, they understand it's about the team and they understand it's about the groove. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they're, they're, they may have strong opinions, but it's the fight for the song, not themselves, you know? Yeah. And, I think that's really important stuff, man. The title track of your album, Revelation, you make the point that no pedals were used on that track. Yeah. I used a... Here's another thing. The pan, going through the pandemic, you have some time, so what can you get better at? What don't you know? And so one of the things I absolutely think is brilliant is Leo Fender and the Tweed Deluxe amp and the 5E3 circuit. You know, it's been played on countless records. 
I didn't really understand that. Anymore. And as the more I played with it, it was like, oh, okay. This is, you know, Larry Carlton uses it, right? And you hear him talking about, like, it has this touch sensitivity to it. You know, basically, you touch the string lightly. He kind of sets the amp right to the edge of breakup, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not Neil Young fuzzed out, but it's right to the edge of breakup. And then if you play the string really light, it's relatively clean. But if you play it a little harder, it breaks up. And it's this in, in, incredible sound. And on that track, there's no pedal on that. Like, it's, it's literally just my fingers. As the track goes on, it becomes more broken up. And that's just literally my fingers lightly, a little slightly more touching the string as the song goes on. It's an incredible amp. It's genius. Yeah. I mean, he was just an absolute genius. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that you said you got into the slide or were got passionate about the slide because of listening to the likes of Robert Johnson. With the advent mm-hmm. of electrification, how do you capture the rawness of someone like Robert Johnson? I think you never lose the string, right? Like, what I mean by that is, I think, like, I never want to lose the string through an amp. In other words, I don't want you as a listener to, to think this isn't a guitar anymore. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. where it's so distorted out, could that be maybe a keyboard? Could that be, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. an effect, like I, you know, that's to me where what you just said, I think about a lot. I never want to lose that string. And so that to me is, now, of course, when I started out, right, it was like, crank it up, you know. I didn't understand, you know, and, and, but I never want to lose the string. So, you know, I'll push it, you know, but I never want people to not instantly say that is a slide guitar or that is a guitar string coming through. Yeah. To try and capture or embrace that rawness and basic structure of a song, do you perform stripped down acoustic shows? Oh yeah. Many, you know, I, I mean, I, I kind of cut my teeth on that, you know, um, coming up through, pubs and so forth and and doing acoustic shows i don't do them as much but it's something i i, I would definitely be looking at doing a, a acoustic album again um because i love acoustic music absolutely love it um you know i think that it's so much it's so important to just have that raw sound in our culture because it isn't so unfiltered you know so oh no i'm a big big acoustic person and you know <laughs> I, I've struggled, as you know, at getting sound right for acoustic. It's very difficult with feedback issues live, but it can be done once you once you get down into a pattern of doing it. But no, I love acoustic music. I have a 12-string dobro, right, wow. that is pretty rare. That uh, is great. And I have two Martin New Yorkers, um, a mid-60s and a mid-70s, which are like the parlor guitars they built. And the New Yorkers have a little uh, DeArmond... Uh, pickup like a humbucker pickup in the sound hole so i use that live but i'll i'll record those songs those guitars just straight mic'd in the studio and they sound incredible yeah yeah well i've often said that you can have a well-produced song lovely synths and loads of vocals and all that kind of stuff but if it works as a stripped down acoustic song then it's a great yep. song it's that's 100 percent truth 100 <laughs> truth you know, because Kevin's like, you ever, you know, you see somebody and they, they walk out of a show or they, and they start like humming the song, right? The melody line, mm-hmm. right? And it could be a singer song or it, it could be a band, doesn't matter. But it, they remember it because it, it connected to them. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a, 
I, I think you're right. The best songs you could sing them maybe a cappella. You know, you could really <laughs> take it down, and and it'll it'll sell. You know. Yeah. Well, the new album Revelation that comes out in July, and you're going to be touring as well with that. Uh, will the tour incorporate Europe? Yes, that's what we're we're <laughs> we're doing that right now. We're putting that together right now, and England too. So we want to get over that way. And uh, I, you know, I had my 18th birthday in London, and I was I went over there, brought my guitar, and I was staying in Earl's Court up there. So um, yeah, I've been back since. So wow. I need to get back there, and but we will be, we will be going back, and uh, I had a great time there. People there are great. It's not changed in two years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got there in the end. You got there in the end. Um, <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's been an absolute joy talking to you, and uh, like I say, you've got the album coming out now, but. I can imagine you're the kind of person that's already looking to the next one. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking at the next one. Yeah. Well, things are going pretty good. You know, we're 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 we have a, we're putting together this tour. Uh, the reaction this album's been really really positive, and of course that motivates you to go forward. But yeah, I'm I'm halfway through the next record, so we keep cruising. And and look, the whole goal is to I play music because I want to bring people together, take them away from their problems, and let them enjoy. The moments that I enjoyed, you know, going to concerts and do, you know, we all enjoy it when we go see artists, and that's why I do it, you know. Excellent. It's been an absolute joy talking to you, and I hope we can do it again sometime. You too, Kev. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there, and there will be more as we record more for the show, and we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So, plenty more to come, and of course, If you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.